You better watch out. You better not cry. It's Christmas time. Happy holidays, everybody. This is the Americhicks, Molly and Kim. Check out our website, Americhicks.com. While we're out next week, there are going to be many beautiful shows that you cannot wait to hear. We've got a lot of our special World War II stories you're going to want to hear, especially the American St. Nick. Hey, let's jump in here. Um, We've been thinking about Christmas. It's Christmas time, celebrating the birth of Jesus Christ as the Savior of the world. And we now live in, we have to be honest, a relativistic, everything's relative, postmodern, secular society. And we don't teach about people about redemption. We say to people, this is the way you are. There's this, this implication. If you are this way, then you can't change and you can fill in the blank with whatever word it is. And if that is the case, then there is no option for redeeming. And I thought, we need to have this conversation because there's so much going on in the world today. And Jim Lewis is uh, is a guy, I'm, I'm just really getting to know him, and he was introduced to us through a class that I'm taking uh, with, uh, and I want to give a, a shout out to some very dear friends, Ron and Margaret Wall, uh, and prayers for them this particular Christmas. Uh, but talking about the big ideas, the things that are on our soul, and Jim Lewis seems like the perfect guy to talk about this. So Jim Lewis, uh, you have a Master of Divinity, uh, a Master's yeah. in uh, Counseling Psychology. You are the perfect yeah. guy to talk to about this. Jim Lewis, welcome to the Americhicks. Oh, thank you for inviting me. I'm just honored to be with you guys this morning. <laughs> well, a couple We're of things. are here. Thanks, yeah. What is a, what's a Master of Divinity? It's a three-year degree after um, your BA degree, so it focuses on uh, revealed truth. So uh, I'm my degree is focused on New Testament and systematic theology. So it uh, it brings together our knowledge of God's revealed truth. Um, with uh, a systematic way of seeing God's truth. Wow. So I did, in, I did okay. intensive studies in Old and New Testament, and then systematic theology just puts all the truth that we get from the Scripture together and, and makes a system out of it. Okay, well, you didn't stop there. You also have a Master's in Counseling Psychology. Uh, yes. And, uh, you know, sometimes people that get over into psycho- psychology, psychiatry, you know, those sciences, they are, are not Christians. How do you mirror this Master of Divinity and this Master's in Counseling psycho- Psychology together? Well, I, I found no trouble making that transition whatsoever. And as a pastor, I was asking questions about people. What not just what do they need, but what makes their needs felt? How do they experience their need for a Savior? And so I was pastoring a church for about eight years, and I found that the most important work I was doing as a pastor was dealing with people one-on-one and uh, addressing their hurts and their unmet needs. And so, uh, of course, there's a lot of secular psychology, but that's the non-scientific part of it anyway. Um, but when when you look at psychology through the lens of God's revealed truth, then uh, it opens up a whole new world of healing for people. Well, Jim Lewis, we now live in in generally a a postmodern 
relativistic. Uh, and I remember this kind of in the 60s or in the 70s. This came out of the 60s. You have your truth. I have my truth. This is how yes. I feel. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, uh, those those kinds of thoughts, I think we're seeing that play out now in society. I saw just recently that, uh, you know, the life expectancy in America is going down because mm-hmm. of suicide and opioids, drug addiction, and how can how can that be? There's something that is not connecting. And then we, of course, have mass shootings. There's something that is not connecting in society. And yes, and so address that. Okay, so I was organizing some thoughts, looking forward to our conversation this morning, and I kept asking myself, in my experience as a counselor. What needs have I seen that drive them to this secular relativistic mindset? And I certainly couldn't list all of them, but I I found it pretty easy to list the ones that I've encountered. So would this be a good time to just I think so, give yes. an overview? Yes. Okay. So here are seven needs that people experience, because I'm focused on what they experience. In the abstract sense, there are hundreds of needs, but what they actually experience the most, that controls their lives the most, are these. First of all, we all need to belong to something bigger than ourselves. We need to know that we are not all that there is, and we need to know we're not just here and gone. So we're all looking for a way to make ourselves of some lasting significance. Second of all, we need to know that someone is there for us. One of the most powerful uh, concepts I have as a counselor is the idea that we need to be joined to somebody, somebody that understands us, that cares about us, that's there for us. And then thirdly, we need a sense of our own story, something that makes sense of our past, what gives our present meaning, what what we can look forward to of permanence. And then the fourth one is we need to know what's wrong with our world and what to do with it. Because what we have now with this increasing split between right and left is we have radical differences as to what's wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so left and right have radically different solutions to that. And we find ourselves really fighting hard for our solution because we can make everything right somehow. And then a third fifth thing is we need to see how to live. So everybody's got a set of rules. Everybody, Every system of belief has a set of rules and a set of punishments and rewards for obeying the rules. But what we need to see is something that's good in the form of a person. And so that's what Jesus did when he came. He not only showed us how to live, but he showed us how beautiful it is to live that way, and he showed us the person that we want to live that way for. Great example as a leader, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And so when people met Jesus, they automatically followed him because we could see the beauty of his character and the perfection of his character. So he showed us how to live. We need to feel worthy because we all go around with a sense of shame. Something's wrong. Something's wrong. I'm not enough. I'm bad. I'm not what I ought to be. This 
craving to find where we belong and be what we belong to be. And then finally, as you referred to, we need deliverance from ourselves because we fight wars within ourselves. And we do bad things. People standing off to the side looking at us can see that we do bad things, but we're trying to meet good needs. And so the more we do bad things to try to solve good needs, the more we get locked in a, in a cycle of trying to satisfy ourselves. So that's how I understand the needs that people are trying to meet. Well, and Jim Lewis, you know, I, I, I'm a Christian. I, I have been my entire life. My, my family, luckily, I'm very lucky that they, that they spoke to me about Jesus's love for me all of my life, which yeah. is very good. Yeah. But a lot of people don't get that. And, uh, you know, I, I look at people that are in prison today and, you know, when they come out, many of them end up going back in because they don't feel like they're loved or they're cherished or that anybody has their back and nobody's telling them that they Absolutely. are okay and they are good enough and, and that yeah. they're forgiven and they can do something better. What is the message that we can give to people or how can we reach out to people you think that aren't that aren't currently in a church community, that aren't hearing these types of positive things about themselves to lift them up? You know, the, the thing that keeps occurring to me, I, I keep going back to that need that somebody understands that somebody's there for us. The scriptures tell us that Jesus became a man, of course, because he had to be physical to die for our sins. But also at the same time, Hebrews 2 told us he became one of us so that he could understand what it's like to be one of us. And we can be that to somebody who's coming out of prison, somebody that's in prison, somebody that's flat out on the street, anyone. We can step into that world and show him that or her that we're there to understand, and we can be that loving presence that Jesus was. If they know that we really get it, what it's like to be them, and it really matters to us, then the Holy Spirit can open up their heart to hear about Jesus himself. This is absolutely fascinating, Jim Lewis. Uh, as you were going through these seven things, we had had Deb Scheffel on, who is on the Colorado Board of Education. I, I'd worked with her on the Douglas County School Board race, talking about yeah. what education is supposed to do, and 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 and. I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but one of the things that education should should do for us is answer the big questions of life. Who are we? Why are we here? What are we to do? Oh, yeah. Your list actually expands that. And we want to go to break. But before we do, uh, as I look at the Christmas season, you know, we get into the all the gifts. Oh, my gosh, the gifts. And and there's there can be so much stress. But I am really enjoying this Christmas season because the reason that we give gifts is because we are honoring the gift that was given to us of redemption. And then oh, we absolutely. we see all the lights on the tree, the luminarias. Those, what that says to me, is the light of the world. Which, I just have to make an editorial comment. It makes me so darn frustrated <laughs> when instead of, from an yeah, energy, <laughs> energy standpoint, you know, we're trying to conserve, tell people to turn their lights off, when we've realized they say that one of the best ways to protect your home is to have your lights on. So instead of trying to shut down the lights of the world, I think we need to figure out how we empower that so that people have affordable, reliable, and uh, um, accessible energy. (laughs) So, But I want to go to break because there was something in the 70s, I think it was a book, it's I'm Okay, You're Okay. 
But yeah. I think deep within <laughs> that, there is there is a lie. And that is we, I think deep down when I say I'm okay, I it's like, you know what? I know myself and I know I've got some issues. I have some stuff going on yeah. and I need some re- redeeming. And so let's yeah. go to break. We are talking with Jim Lewis. He is, you're hearing him, he is uh, southwestcounseling.org. You do all kinds of great work with people. And um, we're talking about Christmas. Why do we need a Redeemer? Why do we need a Savior? We'll be right back. Hey, we have on the line with us uh, Jim Lewis. He is with southwestcounseling.org. He has a Master of Divinity. If you missed that description, go go back and listen to the, the previous segment, as well as he has a Master's in Counseling Psychology. We're talking about why do we need a Savior? Christ came to save the world. But the relativistic idea is, is that we don't need a Savior. But deep down, I think that's a lie. Jim, uh, during break, Steve, our producer, I'd mentioned the book, I'm Okay, You're Okay. He looked at it. It was uh, written in 1967. And we looked at each other and said, of course, because that's when all this stuff was, was going on. But but I think there's this lie that, that we know, I think, deep down that we're telling ourselves when I'm okay, you know, we're just going to handle that, not you're okay. I'm okay. Deep down, we look at ourselves and we're like, wait a minute, I, I've got some chinks in the armor here. I've got some things yeah. that I need to get worked out. And um, and so there's this lie that we have going on in society that, um, that in fact, we don't need a savior. And then we go, wait a minute, I have some chinks, chinks in my armor. And, and then we're seeing over on the political spectrum is then you are a victim. Well, we need to not say that we're a victim to ourselves. We need to acknowledge something. And then uh, during the Christmas season is, is this savior that came to reconcile yeah. ourselves. So uh, address that, Jim. Yeah, so w- we all know, like you said, we all know it's a lie that we're just okay as we are. Uh, we sense something is wrong inside of ourselves, and it doesn't matter how many colors we paint it or how much we deny it, how much we bury it. It keeps coming up. There's something wrong with me. And we also know there's something wrong with our world. And like I was saying earlier, left and right have opposite solutions for that. But we know something is wrong. So we all know we're not okay. And, of course, victimhood covers that up. I don't have to worry about what's wrong with me if I've been done wrong. And so I can be angry. And anger covers a lot of other feelings. It tends to push everything off the stage. And so we're seeing more and more anger about the way we've been treated. But it doesn't solve the problem, and we're not happy. We're less happy the more angry we are. So we are making the case that we need a Savior. Uh, And, uh, you know, one of the things as a Christian is the fact that the, the God of the universe, the creator of the universe, the big guy, says, you know, don't make me come down there. And he finally said, okay, I'm coming down there. And, uh, you know, comes down in the most humble of circumstances as a oh, baby yeah. uh, in, in a, a food trough. Basically, he's born there. You know, and, and I'm yeah. thinking, I, I am thinking no about Mary. Speaking of victim, kids, right, I, I'm saying to, to Joseph, could you not have planned a little bit better? I'm nine months pregnant and you're a donkey, really? And, <laughs> you know, a, a little prior proper planning would have been a good thing. How that far? I mean, the census was called. I, I know. I'm just, okay. <laughs> Thankfully for innovation, now you can ride in a car, but that wasn't an option back then, yeah, Kim. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But thinking well, Joseph a little planning. <laughs> yeah. 
Here's a thought, though, that I got from Alfred Edersheim. He wrote a beautiful work on the life of Christ. It looks like a dictionary, but he says, in a way, that was the only fitting way for him to come is in such humility. He says, what glory could this earth ever offer to God himself if he's going to become one of us? Anything that we tried to do to show the glory of that would have been almost an insult. So in God and his wisdom, he came in humility. But there's also that message that I want to be with you. I want to taste life like you experience it. And so there's such an unspeakable beauty that he came in that way. Well, you know, another thing with Christ is all of the things that we feel. Victimhood. I mean, my gosh, Uh, you know, um, losing everything, having all your friends turn on you. And then one of the toughest ones is I've had dear, dear friends that have lost children to suicide, dear, dear friends that have lost children. And I mean, that is one of those things that rips your heart out. And but even God there, I've got to think when he looked down, when Christ looked down from the cross and looked at Mary, she's got to be looking at him going, what, what? You know, but how did he, it come to this? Yeah, but there he understood a mother's love, and so he yeah, he yeah. took it all on, Jim. Yeah, absolutely. And As so we, I, oh, go ahead. Go no, go ahead. Um, I I get flooded with thoughts about God becoming man. You were saying just before the break that. He's the light of the world, and, and it's it's so wrong to turn off lights. We need to turn on lights. And talking about the idea of a gift, you know, this year my wife and I really don't want that much physically. I mean, we'd be happy to buy each other things, but we just don't know what to ask for. We are going to spend the day thinking about God becoming man Because, yeah, he had to come down here, but he wanted to come down here. There's something in God that makes him want to join with us. Why us? This tiny planet stuck off in a corner of the universe. Why us? And all we know is it's because we're precious to him. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And there's it doesn't boil down any further than that. We're precious to him. I'll tell you a story that comes to me at Christmas time. When I was a kid, my dad was a very troubled man, and I don't mean to trash him. He's he's gone now. And I, but I will say that he was very distant. He wasn't involved with his kids. We were more of a problem to him than we were a delight. And I remember one time as I was in junior high school, I asked him, Dad, why don't you ever come down to my room? That's where my stuff is. And he said, well, why don't you come up to the living room and talk to me? And I thought, there is something in my gut that says he really doesn't want to be with me, does he? And then I think of my Heavenly Father coming down here to be with me. And it wasn't just a visit. Think of this, when Christ took on a human body, that was forever. And it was for everyone. Yes. What a gift for God to become one of us. 
you know, my dog comes from a rescue um, place, and my dog, Charlie, and I love my dog, Charlie, and I was happy to go in and get him from that cage and bring him home to me. But when I think, would I have become a dog and gone into one of those cages to bring him out? And I think, I love my Charlie, but not like that. (laughs) Wow. But God loves us like that. So if God loves us like that, in a way, we are okay because we are precious. Mm -hmm. And yet there's still something wrong, and that's why we need a Savior to bring us together with God that loves us like that. Well, Jim Lewis, that is why we celebrate the Christmas season. Uh, thank oh, you yeah. so thank you so much for these thoughts. You can get more information about Jim Lewis at southwestcounseling.org. Uh, we wish you and uh, your lovely wife, Catherine, a, uh, a very, very Merry Christmas. And thank you so much for joining, joining us to talk about why we need a Savior in this postmodern, relativistic world that we live in right now, the secular world. So thank you so much, Jim Lewis. Thank Merry you. Christmas. Merry Christmas. Well, Kim and Molly, thank you for having me, and happy birthday, Lord Jesus. Okay, <laughs> thank you. And Miss Molly, thank you. Merry, Merry Christmas to you, Steve. Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas to, you. to you as well. Uh, it's hard to believe that it's just around the corner. And to our listeners, thank you. God bless you all, and God bless America. Merry Christmas. We'll see you all later. Happy Friday. Through the rain and lightning,